Alrighty, hello everybody out there in Radio Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, good afternoon and uh, hello. My name is Greg, and I'm we have Gabriel. Gabriel. And together, we are the hosts of the Sunshine Reformer Podcast, broadcast broadcasting right here in Central Florida. Um, today we have a banger of an episode. So much <laughs> stuff has happened this goddamn week. Holy shenanigans. Uh, but first and foremost, let's talk about the beer I'm drinking. Yeah. Since that seems to be a hit so far. And by the way, everybody that's been giving us feedback, um, this is only our fourth episode, but we've already, you know, reached out to a lot of people and a lot of people have listened. And I mean, just even to have this much feedback in such a short amount of time, what a what a great thing. Uh, but anyway, nice. so to, today I'm drinking... Um, Funky Buddha, it's literally called Floridian, which is what we are. <laughs> uh, and this is another uh, wheat beer. You'll notice that that's kind of uh, what I'm going to be sticking to in that uh, category. Uh, so Funky Buddha is a brewery located in, uh, I think it's near Fort Lauderdale, if I'm not wrong. Let me see. Oakland Park, Florida. Yeah. I'm, I don't I'm, know where that is. I'm 100% sure it's by Fort Lauderdale. It's just like a neighborhood of that area. I know because I used to live down there, and I used to go there all the time. (laughs) I just forget the name of the city until now. Uh, But they are a really, really good uh, brewery down there. They have a lot of different uh, really good uh, beers to choose from. Uh, And they make a very refreshing ale, so that's what this is. And it is very good. And I'm just drinking... uh... Apple cider and whiskey. Tis the season. Sounds like tis, tis very, the season. It's a very fall drink. Yeah, spiced uh, is, spiced cider. Yeah, spiced in more than one way. <laughs> exactly. I always forget how big Florida is because um, you're saying yeah. the you're saying Fort Lauderdale and and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And always, whenever I hear about Fort Lauderdale, Miami, that kind of the really far south area, south of the Everglades or adjacent to, I always mm-hmm. remember um, like a little like a stat kind of thing where uh, Florida. I don't remember which direction it is, but Florida is either like eighty percent the size of the UK or it's like a hundred twenty percent of the size of the UK. It's one or the other. I don't know mm-hmm. which direction it was. Um, it's pretty close. And there's actually a website uh, that you can go to, and it compares the size of each state to how many UKs it would be to make up mm-hmm. that state's square air, like square mileage and area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just That was just kind of a random thing. But Florida's huge, dude. Um, driving like, south to, like, yeah. Melbourne, four hours, like, or two hours there, two hours back for us. And then just right. to go to keep going to Miami, that's like four or five hours easy, not including any traffic, you know? Yeah, it's about Miami's about three and a half. If I really if I don't have any traffic and I'm, my foot's on the gas, three and a half hours from Orlando to Miami. Um, uh, ironically, uh, Michigan, which is my native land, mm-hmm. uh, is very similar to the size of Florida. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that how big Michigan is. Also, just basically the United States are huge yeah. compared to Europe or uh, whatever. Each state um, is like truly large. 
yeah quite like except obviously like like rhode island or something you take 30 minutes you just like kind of drive through it but like I, florida's huge i can't imagine how big california is or texas yeah california's like, bigger for sure holy and texas crap. is bigger we so uh i actually have firsthand experience with this because i used to live in miami uh my wife and i used to work for a residential alarm company uh at the time, it was Protection One, which is a Utah-based company, and then they got uh, purchased by ADT, which everybody knows about mm-hmm. that company. And when we were in Miami, we were with Protection One, and we got a chance to um, kind of like a side business thing, but it's kind of a long story. But at, the point is I had to drive from Miami to El Paso. And <laughs> yes. Just get a plane ticket. Just get a- I know. Oh, man. I know. Oh, it's a long story, but we had to we had to drive. We didn't have the money to fly. Uh, it didn't end up turning out the way we wanted it to. But man, oh man, what a story! Uh, and driving from like it almost took us a whole day just to drive from uh, Miami all the way to the to Pensacola. And I think we ended up I think we ended up staying the night uh, not in um, New Orleans, but there was a city called Lafayette. Mm-hmm. which is uh i believe still west of um new orleans don't don't quote me out, the, out there i just it's it's not that far from new orleans and we ended up staying in a former uh, it was the former governor of louisiana's uh slave plant former slave plantation of course and this had been turned into an airbnb and my my wife thought you know we we were we used to use airbnb all the time you know, before COVID and everything. And this was just one of the most memorable situations I've ever been in. Like just anyone who's ever been to Louisiana. I mean, I know there's a lot of, you know, terrible stuff. It's yeah. But I mean, they really truly have their own like unique culture. Like the whole state is just their own. They got their own thing down there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really, I think it's truly amazing and unique. Uh, and we just had a really good, uh, time that the couple times that we spent there but it is a long drive it's it's yeah. a it's just it's a it's unbelievable how, and then and then when you get to texas we had to go all the way to el paso which is the entirety of of uh the one uh the i-10 whatever it's called freeway and but there's a certain stretch between austin and like whatever some other city where the the uh speed limit is 85 miles an hour which is the highest in the country and I well, it would be in Texas. It has to be I, right. And I ended up doing ninety at one point, and I got pulled over for doing ninety five over. They're like, we already gave you eighty five. You can't go back. No, yeah, that's it. Yep. The guy's like, that's nope, it. we don't. We, there's no leeway. And I was like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, that's <laughs> way more than fair. There are people who do like ninety out here in Florida, and no one gives a shit. So. Yeah. No, I know the the freeway systems. I think in most states are pretty My reckless. Friend, uh, I don't know if he's going to hate me or not because I'm totally stealing this from my friend, but he's always said Florida has, yeah, Florida has the most democratic roads. You know, the speed limit is whatever the people want it to be. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Same thing with turn signals and all that. So, yeah. So let's get down to business. Yes. So to speak, there's a lot to to, uh, unpack for this week. Yeah. Trump almost Um, died. Uh, there, there was a presidential debate in there somewhere. There was a debate. Like, at holy some crap, point. that just kind of like, everyone just forgot about that, you know? It's supposed to be a VP debate coming up too. 
Um, I know it's that's really been the dominating uh, news is is Trump being in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not it's a fucking P, like PR stunt, there's a lot of speculation. I have my own personal thoughts on that, which I'll share with you. Uh, I don't even think I told you about it yet. What I think about it, I don't, I don't think you have. No. Um, but that's okay. It'll be it'll that's be a, a bombshell. Genuine reaction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've got a couple things on my end to discuss here, which I decided I would go first because there is so much stuff to talk about on the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to give a shout out to, oh, wait, crap. Oh yeah. You froze. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I cut, I cut out for a second. Sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, um, we work at home. So like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm on my iPad. So phone calls come in. Um, anyways, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to the Orlando chapter of the SRA, well, the unofficial chapter of, uh, the central Florida SRA stuff. Um, I'll briefly get into what we did, uh, yes, uh, two days ago, yeah. uh, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Cause today's Monday. Um, and that was, um, a lot of fun too. So first and foremost, uh, the first article I have today, and if you want to pull it up. Yeah. So this happened in my backyard, which isn't surprising considering this is fucking Florida. Um, But here is a story about a gentleman who decided that it was a good idea. Uh, So this is, I'm just going to summarize in my own words. I know you can read the article, but. As far as I know, this is a road rage incident. Um, There are varying reports saying that the gentleman who did the shooting was the aggressor, which honestly wouldn't surprise me. Uh, But there's other people I've heard saying that he was not the aggressor, the other person that um, this happened to be a car chase uh, on... uh, the 417 uh, freeway that runs mm-hmm. through Orlando. Um, and so I don't know. But the point is, is this gentleman, uh, the video shows him, uh, a car drives past this person who's got the, the gun and is, is going to end up shooting. Um, they flashed the gun out the window. They literally, it's called brandishing. Um, they didn't shoot it. Uh, I guess they, I guess they could have shot it, but they didn't. I think that's that's illegal because you're not supposed to threat. You're not supposed to hold it in a threatening manner. Um, it is. Oh, it, it is yeah, most certainly so, illegal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like an open carry state. The only reason why you can open carry is as long as you're not using it in a threatening manner or something like that. So as soon as you start using it in a threatening manner, you're pretty much arrestable at that point. Um, correct. So right. No, that's absolutely correct. This the the person that whether or not this person in the. Um, well, actually, I guess it would matter if uh, if this person that ended up shooting uh, was the aggressor. But either way, so this in the at least in the video for what what we have for video evidence, at least it looks as though that the person in the sports car, which is what they call it, mm-hmm. um, is drives past the person in the truck uh, at a very high rate of speed. I think it was ninety to one hundred miles an hour. Um, in response, the gentleman in the truck with the dash cam speeds up towards that person, 
and then takes his gun out and starts shooting out the window or out the windshield. The fucking windshield, dude. <laughs> just like um, straightforward. Your drive. I just can't imagine like doing this ever. Like n- never would I ever think shooting straight through my windshield that I'm driving forward with would be like right. an idea. And I don't think he's wearing glasses or anything. No, he's not. So no. like all I can think about is like, well, what if you have glass like shatter straight into your eyes? You mm-hmm. know, now you're driving. You got a loaded gun. You're shooting. You got glass flying at you at like I don't know seventy miles an hour uh, in the opposite no, he, direction. He's, or he's been up to a hundred. He sped up to 100 miles an hour while so shooting. So it's like, dude. So, and again, there was, Aye. let me see. Let me see if it says here. Um, oh, his friend's scared shitless too the entire time. Yeah. It's like so uncomfortable. So I don't believe, I think it said somewhere that the, the person he was shooting at um, got hit, but I don't think I don't think they did. That's that's almost an impossible shot, anyways. And when you shoot at glass, like the trajectory of a bullet changes so much. Um, well, just the anyways. angle alone will change it. I mean, that was the reason why we added angles on the front of tanks in uh, in between World War One and World War Two was because yeah. the angle in front of the tank you could have less steel, but if the angle's there, it'll deflect bullets better. Right. So No, yeah, you're right. So anyway, so you know, this video's been making the rounds and of course, much like any kind of shooting situation, the 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 um the keyboard warriors if you will, uh whether you fall on the side of you know, the whole the, basically the idea of defense is is a very uh subjective, you want to call it, just there's there's so many different varying opinions on it. And I'm going to go ahead and give mine. Uh, this person was in, in no way, shape, or form in uh, danger of being uh, killed by a firearm. If somebody is driving past you at a high rate of speed, even if they brandish the firearm, uh, guess what? You're in a car. You have full ability to hit the brakes. Go pull off to another exit. Um, switch lanes. Any of these things are... Uh, I, in my opinion, a better option than pulling your gun out and shooting it through your windshield. Uh, this is this kind of goes back to, and that this is an extreme case, but of course, like I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, this goes back to uh, how people are trained with firearms. Uh, in the case, in this case, I've actually seen law enforcement in videos um, shoot their gun out of a windshield at somebody that they were chasing so it makes total sense to me that if this person in this video um got training from a law enforcement officer i don't know where this person was trained but it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it, if that training came from some kind of law enforcement either a person or maybe he did go to the academy i don't know but it's just a completely unnecessary um way to handle this situation as a civilian as an armed civilian. Uh, this is what I would call a murder fantasy. This is somebody who has been itching and dying for so long to, to have an opportunity like the show happen. And then they wanted to take action. It's my turn. Finally, it hit, the time has come. They got, they got a nice rock hard erection from it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, 
that's what happened here. And it's just completely um, reckless. And that's why I said I was surprised that this person didn't get arrested because it said that he turned himself in or he reported the incident to the, the sheriff's department. I don't know if there's going to be an investigation. This article is from when? September 28th. So just a few days ago. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but <sighs> fortunately, I don't drive on the toll roads that much. <laughs> I usually just stick to I-4 or um, whatever, but this is just uh, complete insanity. And well, the toll roads reckless. suck anyway, so I mean, good on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hate the toll roads. Every time that we have to use toll roads in Central Florida, because they don't really exist up here in Northeast Florida. Um, right. I think Jacksonville's doing something, but it's like a quick lane option, and it's a fourth lane mm-hmm. for two ninety five. So it's not even the main road. But um, right, it, it, all the uh, toll road options are just as bad. You know, people always are like, "Oh, but there's like not as many potholes." And it's like every time I go on there, there's potholes everywhere, <laughs> and there's like trash everywhere too. So it's like it's just as bad or worse as like some of the public roads. So yeah, good on you. I agree. Good on you. <laughs> and I'm also not going to shoot my gun out my windshield. So. Or get shot at. Holy crap. Can you imagine, know, like, I... driving um, against that? Like, you're, you're driving by, and you see, like, this guy's windshield just pop out and just, like, bullets fly people were him. People were commenting and saying, like, what if there was a fucking car in front of that person with, you know, children or whatever? Like, You know, it doesn't <sighs> take much um, for you to just kind of, like, aim a little off. And you're you're already shooting oh, into the other lane. You're already shooting into you... oncoming traffic. Okay, I don't know how much training this person's had, but I don't care who you are. I don't care how much training you've had. You're not going to hit a fucking target driving 90 miles an hour shooting through a windshield. No. It's just not going to happen. Snipers like, wouldn't take that. Like the best snipers in the world wouldn't take a shot like that. No, nobody would. So I don't know. It just makes me again just the shake my head emoji. Whatever. It's a nightmare. Um, so all of that being, did you have anything else to say about that? Not anything more than I'm just greatly disappointed. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, of course it happened in Florida and this kind of goes back to Andrew Gillum would have been a great choice because at least he would have represented Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Being a cokehead. Oh. Um, well, uh, all of that being said, I'm going to go ahead and transition to the next thing that I want to cover. Yeah. Uh, because again, this, I get most of my inspiration from, uh, the couple, uh, groups that I'm in on Facebook, uh, just general chatter that I see on the internet. I, I, I tend to follow a lot of that stuff pretty closely and, uh, I don't want to dig too deep into the quote unquote caliber wars, uh, that goes on a lot between, um, people in the gun community and whatever, but uh, it's going to kind of briefly touch on that. So um, I'm going to talk about uh, what to think about when choosing a home defense caliber. And cause this is something that I've actually thought about a lot um, in the last couple of years of owning guns. And it's part of the reason why I bought, uh, hang on. Yep. Hey, buddy. Hey, don't forget to show the bolt. Oh, wait. Yeah, don't forget to show the bolt and uh, everything's cleared and all that. Well, hang on a second. (laughs) Double check, make sure everything's clear. It's clear now. (laughs) Yeah, so now the the bolt is clear. No magazine, no brass, no ammo. 
but this is my home defense AR-15. Um, Looks nice. And uh, thanks. Yeah, That's I don't think really I've shown nice. it to you yet. No, this is the first time I'm seeing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a titanium blue color, which I like it a lot. Engine. Yeah, actually, one person that showed up at the range the other day had a titanium blue, but they had to get it done. It was. Um, Forgive me if you're listening, uh, sir. I forget your because of an- anonymity. I forget your real name, but conveniently, it's the person. It's the um, there's a couple from uh, Melbourne mm-hmm. that actually live, and he had his rifle um, seracoded uh, at a local shop there in on the Space Coast. But um, yeah, so I've got an AR-15. I also have my um, again. My carry gun, which is clear, uh, no brass, no ammo. Uh, this, of course, is a uh, 9mm um, handgun. Uh, but, you know, I chose these calibers for a reason, and there's a lot of uh, debate out there um, as to what would be the best home defense round. And I'm going to go just go ahead and explain my setup and the reason why. I have it set up this way, and I think it it really would make sense for uh, most people, um, based on my logic, uh, to go ahead and and do the same thing. So, okay, so the first uh, thing that I ever bought for uh, both carry and home defense was a 9mm handgun. Uh, As many people know, 9mm... Caliber is the most common caliber probably worldwide, I would say. Uh, it's probably a toss-up between 9mm and I would actually say 762 by 39 which is the AK-47 uh, round mm-hmm. standard. Um, and then, of course, 5.56, which is um, the standard AR-15 round. Uh, and NATO round, which is kind of an important geopolitical thing. So, Right, and NATO round, yeah. yeah. All of those are considered uh, NATO rounds, as a matter of fact. Uh, and the, the, the very short answer as to why that is is because they work. Um, they work really well. The recoil impulse for all three of those cartridges in their proper platforms is uh, very low. It's very easy to shoot uh, 5.56 um, caliber in a standard size AR-15 uh, and vice, or, um, and alternatively to a... a Decent-sized handgun, 9mm is pretty easy to shoot effectively and accurately. Uh, it's common, which makes it makes it inexpensive. Um, you know, that's just basically it. And, you know, a lot of people talk about shit-hit-the-fan situations. If there's a complete societal collapse, what's going to be out there? Well, there's either there's going to be ammo available or there's going to be components out there for you to make your own ammo. Um and that's or the weapons too the the weapons yeah. that go with this type of ammo you know this the stuff that you know the magazines that feed into your gun the parts that make up your gun the barrel sizes like all of these parts are more widely available in these three ammunition types uh, ammunition right. calibers so you're more likely to find uh some sort of replacement part for these ammunition calibers than others too right no exactly um that's exactly right and so, because here's the here's basically what I hear from people. Um, I hear a lot about shotguns, and I completely agree with having a shotgun as a um, as a home defense option. 
Um, however, there's a myth out. There's a big, fat, juicy myth out there that Wait, I don't can like. Can I guess what it is? Let's let's hear. My guess is the um, the the burglars gonna shit their pants when they hear me rack my shotgun. Is that <laughs> is that the myth? Is that the one you're gonna? Or is it? Or am I wrong? That's not the one I was gonna say, but that is a, that is certainly <laughs> some some good old fashioned fun lore, uh, which is what we talked about last time. Um, but there is another myth that is a good one. Uh, the one I was thinking of is that you don't have to aim when you shoot a shotgun. Oh, yeah, that's really bad. And that's not true. The whole thing being, you know, you hear a bump in the night and you point your shotgun at wherever the sound came from and pull the trigger and you're going to hit something. <laughs> it's not true. All of your shit. <laughs> yeah, you're going to hit, yeah, you're going to hit, you know, your kitchen and uh, all your plates are going to be broken. Whatever. Honey, don't ask. The toilet's leaking. Don't ask yeah. how or why it's broken <laughs> in half. Just uh, we need yeah. to get a new one. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that's why I'll, I'm gonna. So shotguns are fine. My only problem with shotguns is capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the myth is that you know shotguns going to stop anything, which is I think probably mostly true. But most shotguns only have you know five or six rounds. Um, just for me, it just didn't make sense uh, to have one. Uh, and I, I don't have that much experience with a shotgun anyway. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not I'm not dissuading anybody from buying a shotgun. If, if you grew up shooting a shotgun and that's what you're comfortable with, by all means, get a shotgun. It's fine. I would say that that's the only other alternative, though, for what I'm talking about. Uh, but for me, the reason why I picked an AR-15 is because, again, I spent 10 years in the military. I spent a long time with this weapon system. I'm 100% uh, trained and qualified, um, and I feel very comfortable using it and shooting it, taking care of it, maintaining it, all that kind of stuff. Um, And it just made a lot of sense for me to buy this uh, rifle and have it for home defense. Uh, It carries 30 rounds in its magazine, Um, so that's a big deal for me. Um, Just having more ammo you know it's kind of the why not you know adage like just why not uh and then also i don't know if this is uh crossed a lot of people's minds especially people that um don't have uh experience with uh either rifles or handguns or whatever they're just kind of new to guns in general and they know that just there's limited information out there but um so there's a really big difference um, between, in ballistically speaking, between a handgun bullet, nine millimeter, and a two two three five five six. A big common misconception is that when you look at a two two three bullet, you can look at the grain weight. So, two, a typical five five six two two three bullet is only fifty five grains, uh, which is the the weight or um, yeah the weight measurement for bullets. Uh, nine millimeter typical, like you just had on the one you showed me, was yours was one hundred and twenty four grain, I believe. Uh, so it, I think so. Hold on. Is that what it says? Whew. Oh, here it is. I put it way back here. Um, yep, one twenty four. Yep, and so that's, I would say within the realm. Uh, typically, if you just look <laughs> at like range range ammo, it's one hundred and fifteen grain, so just a little bit less than that. 
Uh, and then nine millimeter can go all the way up to 147 grain, which 147 grain typically is subsonic ammo, something that you would shoot out of a, a suppressor. Um, and so a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's a smaller bullet. It's uh, not going to do as much damage or whatever. How wrong you would be. <laughs> so uh, rifle, rifle uh, bullet ballistics... Um, when you look at the just like the feet per second, and uh, you know ballistically versus a um, a nine millimeter, uh, the five five six bullet is going about two thousand, sometimes twenty five hundred feet per second. Uh, that's really fast. Uh, nine millimeter bullets usually go about eleven twelve hundred feet per second, which is half the speed. Um, and what happens when a rifle? bullet goes into soft tissue is it causes something called hydrostatic shock or a hydrostatic shock wave that literally blows a cavity. Uh, it, well, when you, when you look at it in, in a ballistic gel, it's a really dramatic um, interpretation, but it, when, when it hits your body, it just creates such, such damage, um, you know, in such a short amount of time. It's just, it, it creates, let's just say it creates a lot more damage in your body uh, from hitting soft tissue versus a nine millimeter, mm-hmm. the bullet the bullet has to travel. I believe it's something like seventeen hundred feet per second at a minimum to do the the big cavity thing, uh, and just nine millimeter just doesn't go fast enough to to do that. Um, not saying that nine millimeter is not lethal. Of course, it it very much is, but it just doesn't do the internal damage uh, in the same way that a rifle caliber does. And so that's, that's basically the difference right there, uh, which is why for me, and then also uh, 5.56 will go through uh, more types of body armor than 9mm. Most, most body armor is rated for at least 45 uh, ACP and 9mm. Uh, most body armor is not rated for, let's just say most body armor that like the police wear, for example. Um, 5.56 will go through that kind of body armor, most soft body armor. Um, which I want to be ready for. <laughs> not you know, not saying anything specific. Well, like but... a lot of the time, the police will have like some sort of surplus military thing because they get it. They get um, uh, incentivized to purchase surplus military stuff, or sometimes they get it for free. Um, in a lot of instances too. So yeah. <clears throat> if the military is giving it away, you know, it's probably really popular amongst gun enthusiasts uh who are civilians or maybe ex-military or ex-cops or whatever because they're already like with you with the ar-15 coming from an m4 you're familiar with that the same way that you'd be familiar with that people who look into body armor would probably look where they're familiar as well so right you want to target like what people are probably going to not have you know be if because statistically if someone's going to break in and they have body armor or something well it's probably going to be that right you know and, and that's cheaper that's to basically make yeah the the tldr of everything is i wanted a home defense firearm that would basically stop anything that's going to come through my door uh and like i said before shotgun eh sure you know you could argue that for a shotgun and which was why i said that you know if, if that's what you're the thing is, then by all means, but mm-hmm. for me, an AR-15 chambered in 5.56 is going to stop most things that we're going to, if something, someone is going to enter my house at night, 
with malicious with malicious intent. Um, I have pretty full confidence that this is going to be able to neutralize the threat. Uh, and that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, I I do keep um, I put lights on all of my uh, firearms as well, and I recommend you do the same. Um, there are plenty of stories out there of people shooting their family members, um, you know, people they didn't mean to shoot, so to mm-hmm. speak, at night uh, because they just didn't know who was in in front of their gun. And so, get a flashlight. It's a very inexpensive it's fairly and cheap. <laughs> it's fairly. Cheap. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to see what you're shooting at. Uh, this one that's on my gun was literally like forty bucks on Amazon, and the back twists off, and it actually has a. It came with a little charger with two batteries, so I always mm-hmm. have one charged up, so the batteries are rechargeable. Uh, this one on my gun actually has a little magnetic thing on the bottom that charges it. it charges like an Apple Watch, which is awesome. So you don't have to worry about batteries. Um, and it goes back to like one of the gun rules too, the basic gun rules. Know what you're shooting, know what's behind what you're shooting, you know? And you can't you know that if you can't people, see it. Yeah. You would think most people would, would follow that, but if you just literally type in like man shoots family member, like on into Google, there's like like fifty stories that come up of people shooting people they don't they don't mean to shoot. And I don't um, I don't know if this is true. Yeah. Um I've heard uh, I heard this from a friend, and I heard that it's either the CIA or the FBI, one of the one of the big you know government organizations. They have their people train. Uh, you know how the like the police will you know they'll hold the pistol and the flashlight kind of like this or something like that. Or yes. The, or what? I don't really know. I don't really care either. They, but, um, they do it with. They'll yeah. do that, and yeah. it's like the thought process to what I'm about to say is that wherever the light's coming from. Uh, someone's going to probably shoot at that because there might be a person behind it if they wanted to, you know, confront in that manner or whatever. So if you're mm-hmm. holding it, if you're holding a flashlight like this, you're giving away your position in some some way. So I heard, I don't know if this is true, I heard that the CIA or FBI or whatever, they'll hold their flashlights like way up here and they'll, uh, they have to train and practice and be accurate, of course, shooting like this with a flashlight up here um, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're, you know, the gun out like that one-handed like that i don't i don't know i don't know i'm just i'm just saying you know food for thought if you want to <laughs> look yeah, if someone I, wants to look into that i've never heard that um i'm not saying that you're wrong uh i'm by no means an expert in i think the logic's know, there but i've like, honestly never been in a situation and i've never trained that way before so i mean yeah i would i mean it's this goes it's back pretty to training. common it's pretty common to um for most, at least if in this case, I'm you're talking about handguns. Yeah, yeah. In this case, so yeah. mo- most handguns um, on the bottom, they come what's called a 1913 Picatinny rail, uh, is what it's called. And in my opinion, if you have a, any kind of carry gun that you're you're trying to get, really any kind of self defense gun, in my opinion, you should have a flashlight. And this has definitely been the trend for. I don't know, at least the last five years, probably longer, uh, where there are, it's just called WML, weapon weapon mounted lights, whatever. We had, we definitely had weapon mounted lights in Afghanistan uh, attached to our M4s. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of anybody going like this with a flashlight and like 
Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> well, it doesn't I look mean, that bad. <laughs> I know. It, it might have... Maybe that might have been a thing, you know, maybe. years ago, like, without... Uh, before, you know, because I know Someone the guns... should look it up and put it in the comment section, you know, when we post the video. Get that... Yeah. Get that because um, I... interaction points for YouTube or something. <laughs> I would just say, like, if you're if you're casing a joint, so to speak, if you're, like... if we're, Or you're doing room clearing or whatever... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just sounds like, like too much, uh, you definitely have more control of your weapon when you have a, a two handed grip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll have to look into it. Maybe that used to be a training tactic. Hey, that might be used, one of the sources I put in too, you know? Yeah. There used to be, um, they called it Israeli carry, which was like the case for or against, uh, carrying your gun with a, a round in the chamber. Oh, okay. Um, and that was like, you know, all of these old, old-timey old kind of people were like, oh, well, the Israeli army does it, so it must be the way. And they, which was, they, they used to carry with around not in the chamber. And, of course, since then, I think it's been pretty universally um, accepted to carry with around in the chamber um, and focusing on just, you know, trigger discipline. Um, Safety, you know, engagement that kind of stuff so with as far as training tactics i think they do evolve over time you know as far as just learning different ways to do things and and that kind of thing so i didn't know it was it was called that i would have never guessed what israeli carry yeah i would have never guessed that it's just because that's allegedly how they used to train their people back like probably 20 ish plus years ago whatever um because of course, before Glocks came out with the trigger safety, that wasn't a thing. All most guns before that had a frame-mounted safety, like the Breda M9. Anything that's double action, single action, um, back in the day, typically had a, a frame-mounted safety. Uh, and now it, guns don't have that anymore. So, doesn't the military require the uh, like any guns manufactured for the military to have a safety like that? That's why the uh, yes. the striker fire pistol they just bought had to have a an actual uh, frame mounted safety. Yes, you are one hundred percent correct. The Sig P three twenty, which um, is the new military um, issue rifle, uh, which is in the military is called the M seventeen or the M eighteen, um, depending on what branch. The mil- the army is using the M seventeen, which is the full size. The M the M eighteen is the shorter barrel but still seventeen round capacity grip uh, version. Definitely has a frame mounted safety, which I mean, the the, the army is the uh, the lowest common denominator. It's the reason why AR fifteens are so easy to shoot. Yes, they, they have to make sure that everybody can shoot it and everybody stay safe so to speak i think we I, talked about that in one of our first episodes with the with the m16 being developed for people with set for 17 year olds you know this has yeah. a 17 year old needs to be able to shoot this reliably uh, and accurately almost every single time and if they can't do it then we don't need it yeah i um and that i, I there was some speculation as to why glock didn't win the military contract i've never seen a glock with it with a frame mounted safety on it before um, I'd never seen a, a SIG striker-fired handgun with that uh, on it also, but obviously they didn't have a problem 
designing it and putting it on there in a, in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's part, partly why they won. Um, also, they don't look like a prison gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, here's yeah. a question. If it was SIG that made Striker Fires po- uh, really popular, like Glocks did, um, <clears throat> do you think it would have been SIG that looks like a prison gun instead of a Glock? Okay. That's I know the real that question. The people that know me and that see me on the Facebook uh, pages all the time talking about my hatred of Glock... Um, let's just say, let's just put it this way. I don't, I don't hate Glocks. I hate that they're overpriced. I think that for what you get in the box and all that kind of stuff, they should be half the price. There, there's no reason to spend $650 on a, a super basic handgun design that hasn't changed in 30 years. Um, so there had, but at the same time, I give Glock all kinds of, praise and and um you know all the credit that's due because they started the platform mm-hmm. they had to start somewhere and you know this guy uh, gaston glock said you know what i am gonna think outside the box and design this thing to work uh, uh function first and not really make it look pretty it's just gonna work good and it does it works great it's super reliable and it is what it is, but my, my biggest problem with Glocks is I think they are overpriced. I don't, in the 35, 40 years that, you know, it's been since they've come out, um, their feature set really hasn't changed that much, whereas, again, stuff like this, my Canik TP9SC, for $380 is an optic-ready uh you know, comes with steel sights, has really good ergonomics, really, really nice trigger out of the box. Um, you don't have to do anything to this gun to, uh, and it's it's all, it's already a really nice shooting gun. Whereas you pick up a Glock, and the first thing anyone does is change out the sights, change they out the trigger, um, whatever. At, you know, at, at any kind of modifications you can think of, and that's that's just that. So I'm going to put that to bed real quick. I don't hate Glocks. I just it's okay. Replaced. You're allowed to say that you hate Glocks. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're fine. If you want to buy a Glock and you want to, you like if you like the way they look, I don't. Greg care. just thinks they're... you're a terrible person. Is all. <laughs> you just you know it's is it gonna is it gonna shoot every time you pull the trigger? Absolutely. So if you want to buy a Glock, buy a Glock and and learn how to shoot it and learn, and be responsible for it. And hey, that's the most important part is training. We, so we can be friends. We can be friends. It's fine. <laughs> But then I'm going to hand you my canic and then tell you to rethink what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you feel bad. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> um, so I think that's my time. I don't want to go too far into stuff. Um, we have a lot to unpack with uh, with other stuff. Okay. So I was thinking just for Gabriel. some of this, some of the stuff in the weekend or the over the week or whatever, we just touch on briefly so we can get to the big topics, big juicy topics. Yes, let's do it. So, real quick, Trump COVID situation. He caught it finally. Um, I don't know. We've been telling <laughs> you for a, like, a, what, eight months now? Like, there's, there's a whole tag group on <clears throat> Facebook, and it says, well, 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 if it's not the, if you haven't, uh, how's it go? Um, if it isn't the consequences of your own actions, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just clear, it's like, clear and simple. It's like, oh, let me take this 
pointed at my foot. What does this trigger thing do? Oh my god, my foot's bleeding now. Like, <laughs> oh jeez. I don't yeah. know. I don't. There's nothing really to add there. It's just um, I feel like I feel like we are obliged to bring it up since it happened recently. You know, big deal. And you know what? I, I gotta just say it. Fuck the people that are saying. And I know it's mostly just people on the right, but like, oh, you, you know, you're wishing death on somebody. That's, Dude, 210,000 people died as of today from this disease, a disease that could have been prevented if we just like took a month and everybody just stayed inside for a little bit. Um, and and then we would we would we would have killed the curve and it would have been fine. And, you know, to the best of the ability, then we would have come out with a vaccine and then, you know, we put it out and all of a sudden we're good, you know, done, done, easy. Could have been that easy. So, yeah, it's um, it is a nightmare. Eight months I, later, um, said though. So, uh, the latest I had heard, uh, yeah, what you're saying is, uh, it's just a nightmare. Um, the latest I heard though on my um, my news, I got a news feed here on my phone every once in a while, and it says. This was one hour ago from AP News. I love Associated Press. I love them. They the, be- they the best. They truly are. Um, this isn't loading fast enough. Here we go. The latest positive. Uh, this gentleman named. Oh, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Uh, he was he tested positive last week for the coronavirus. Uh, he still can't taste anything somehow. That doesn't sound good. That sounds like a polio thing. You know how polio came with a lot of side effects that were really weird after you were, after you yeah. healed from it? You know, it wasn't as bad as, you know, losing your taste is not as bad as losing your ability to use your legs. You know, I'm not, I'm not comparing them, obviously, but it's kind of interesting that this virus has the ability to just like, oh yeah, a whole sense gone. Um, I know what, well, my mom didn't have a sense of smell, but that was from a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't even imagine not being able to taste anything. That would be a nightmare. Um, very bland. And then, so I think it said, well, I, it doesn't say it in this article, but it said something about that. He was going to be leaving the hospital today, but I, let's see. Uh, and then, but he's still going to be contagious. Of course. I mean, you know, why not, why not just stay in the hospital? Uh, of course, he did his famous uh, little field trip around the hospital um, Spreading grounds. The <sighs> Spread the disease. He, he, so his his motor his uh, limousine is hermetically sealed to block out chemical attacks. Mm-hmm. Right when you shut all the doors on the vehicle, you're locked in there, and it's airtight. They they cir- they circulate air into the fucking car or whatever. Um, Those poor his... Secret Service members, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like getting it right people, in your face. Yeah, all those people in that in that car were susceptible. So unrelated, but also related. Can you imagine being the president in the car and there's like you know a few Secret Service members and then you fart in, in the car. <laughs> And it's like everybody knows it's you, but because you better, they're like, you know, you they don't want to, they're secret service members. They don't want to do any, you know, they just want to look cool or whatever. They don't, they're not going to say anything. So they're just sitting, they're just sitting in the president's fart, like 
That except less funny, too. and it's a deadly virus is what what we're talking about. <laughs> and you can't and you can't smell it. Yeah, and you can't smell it. I'm so. pretty sure um, you can't smell COVID. Okay. So, so what did you did you have articles or are you just I, gonna? Are I you have some other here? things. I feel I felt like we needed to talk about that, and you know, I don't want to get too into it, but the debate trash. Trump was a trash in the debate. Biden was it? also not great, but he was way better than Trump, and um, he didn't disavow Antifa like I thought he was. Um, right. He he. Uh, Everybody's saying that they, he said he, the correct thing. Answer. You know, right. it's not an organization; yeah. it's an ideology, or it's like an idea and stuff. Uh, it, so, I mean, that was way more than what I had expected from Biden. And yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Did, did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing. I think after we were about ten minutes in, because I missed the first ten minutes, give mm-hmm. or take. So, but I, but from there on, I watched pretty much the rest of it, and. I would not imagine that the first 10 minutes was too much different from the rest of it. So, right. No, it didn't get juicy until, you know, 20, 30 minutes in or whatever. So, um, they are selling t shirts that say, shut the fuck up, man, or whatever Biden said to, uh, the gentleman. Uh, what is uh it? I, I don't think he said, I don't just, think he dropped the F bomb. I think it was shut the I, hell I out know. or something. Just, but, just um, shut up, man, or whatever. That was also yeah. way more than I expected from Biden. I thought he was just kind of roll over and just die and take it. Um, but no, he actually like was pretty engaging with the uh, telling Trump to just like, oh, you're you're stupid or something, you know. Just quit acting like a five year old. Yeah, basically, you know, it was like yeah. it's not the jab I would want to see because it just feels so good to see Trump get jabbed at. Um, but you know, it's like it's like a mature, it's like a mature jab. You know, I'll take right. it. I'll take it. Right. It was on national TV. So, He's a presidential I, candidate. You know, that's like way better. I I completely agree. I think I think uh, for what it was, Biden handled himself much better than I ever expected. If I'm honest, I guess I don't. You know, as being leftists or whatever, like we 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 want basically a complete dismantling of the current system. Uh, ideally, but you know, yeah. if we're going to argue for argument's sake or whatever, um, I haven't really checked into that much about what, what Biden is, how he's like in these kind of situations and whatever, but just having kind of watched it uh, objectively and not really with an opinion, I did mostly like what I saw, you know, overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the revolution is so. not going to come tomorrow. So right. all those people who are like, well, Biden sucks, and I just would rather have the revolution or third party, whatever. I don't know what else to tell you, man. Um, Biden's not the fascist, and it's going to be either Trump or Biden. Voting third party isn't going to be that great unless you live in like a um, non... Uh, what is it called? Oh, man, I feel I feel like I need to know this. I know this. It's the it's the battleground states, where like Florida and Ohio. Where, uh, purple? Yeah, the purple states. Um, if you don't live in a purple state, if you live in like a guaranteed X, Y, Z state, you know, Mm -hmm. your vote for a third party matters a little bit more there than it would in the, uh, the purple states. But if you live in purple state, um, it's probably better to vote Biden because realistically third party is not going to win, nor is third party realistically going to get enough votes to get any type of funding from, uh, I believe it's Congress or something like that. I think if they get like three and a half percent of the popular vote, 
they get funding for the party on a federal level. I don't know the specifics on that, so I could be wrong. Um, probably yeah. not going to happen. The closest uh, third party ever got was Gary Johnson, and he was a libertarian, uh, which is basically just, you know, ANCAP, anarcho-capitalism. So, right. And I don't think anybody on the left approves of that. So I don't think we're going to see any third party come up and get 3.5% of the vote. Probably better to just not have the fascist in power at that point and then um speak if we're speaking electorally you know the revolution is not coming anytime soon i would rather have the democrats be the the quote conservative party and like some new left-leaning party maybe like the dsa or something like that be the new left party of the right that see i would rather have that rather than like actual fascists be the right hand party well i mean it's right there in the name too which i think if you polled a hundred Democrats and said, there's this party called the democratic socialist party of America, you know, here's our main, you know, bullet points of what we believe in. I feel like because people are people just having the word democratic there in the name, like would probably be a better sell, mm-hmm. you know, to most of like the, I don't want to call them like centrists or whatever you want to just more or less, uh, active political people that just so like for example amber my wife um supposed to amber your wife i know uh, <laughs> both of our wives are amber yeah that's a, a fun fact for the podcast um so her family uh, we grew up in detroit like i mentioned and uh detroit as a city uh typically has been democratically run um you know, they aren't without their problems, of course. Yeah. The, Detroit's got a pretty uh, well, interesting Well, the, par- the parties, the political parties are made of people, and people have problems. Right. I would expect so, them to have something the, wrong. The, the point is, is that Amber told me when she was growing up, uh, like her grandparents and her parents and all that kind of stuff always just vote. It, it was the literally the vote blue no matter who mm-hmm. um, sentiment, which is a popular thing amongst lifetime Democrats. But I, I truly think that even if I walked up to uh, Amber's, um, you know, 89 year old grandmother and said, Hey grandma, like check this out. This is a new kind of uh, party. Um, it's still within like the democratic, like wavelength, but it's um, a little bit different. And I explained the stuff to her. She'd probably be like, Oh, it's got democratic in the name. I'm just going to go ahead and vote for them from now on. You know what I mean? Just like people that just aren't as active, they're just going to – I think they'd be a little bit more easy to uh, to sway to that direction. Maybe. And that would – that'd be a key part in getting that over. Because again, I, as I said earlier, I would rather see like the Democrats be considered the conservative party because I feel like living in neoliberalism is like – way better than living in a fascist dictatorship oh yeah just just yeah. a personal opinion i don't like the i don't like neoliberalism um it's just it's you know really complicated capitalism is all it is um or it's what what is the work rick and morty meme that's just a really complicated way to say slavery or something like that you know <laughs> it, <laughs> it's kind of that's kind of like how i feel but also like you know i don't want to have to contend with fascists so if we could like focus on just like destabilizing of truly minority party, like the Republican Party, which mm-hmm. only consists of 
at most 30% of like the entire population, not the voting population, crazy? but the entire yeah. population. Um, yeah. If we can focus on maybe like uh, forcing them to shift over into the Democrat side, you know, and like have to contend with what Democrats have to deal with, then mm-hmm. it would be an opportunity for like the, a different party to come up like the DSA, who I think is probably well positioned for that. Um, to take over and kind of like move from there. And then they would be the new left party and the left party in the United States, you know? Um, right. And I think that would be long-term probably the best move because in the short term, again, you know, we're not going to have the, we don't, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and like, it's going to be a socialist revolution. Like I doubt it. I doubt Like the chances are so little, it's not going to happen. Um, it's probably right. not going to happen in my, not my lifetime, probably not going to happen in my child's well, lifetime. That's what I'm that's what I was just going to say next is that, you know, the stuff you're talking about I'm going to be in my 80s or 90s by the time all this mm-hmm. com- actually comes to fruition and, you know, you you might be there too. Um this is this is a, a 50 year 40 to 50 year situation that that's how long it takes for stuff like this to to change. Typically, uh is that going to be the case in the future? You know, we don't know, but yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of how the way it's been um historically. So So that's uh I know I know like there's a big divide in lefty communities to vote third party or to vote just vote with the Democrats. And again, I said it earlier, the easiest thing to probably do is if you live in a purple state, uh electorally speaking, it would be best to probably just vote Democrat for now. If you live in a guaranteed X state, you know, whether it's guaranteed to be red or guaranteed to be blue, it's probably best to vote third party in that case, because then you can give them that little populist push, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes time for the popular vote. Um, And be mindful also of the changing politics. Texas is really close to becoming a purple state. Um, Their last election. Yeah. Last election, it was, uh, the cities, Austin and uh, Dallas and such, the the big cities are starting to really have a, a lot of sway in the uh, the elections now. Um, mm-hmm. They have, because, of course, their population is increasing. Texas is one of the fastest growing states in the nation currently, or at least last time I checked on it. Um, Texas and Florida, for sure. A like, lot of people are moving to the cities. There's a lot of job opportunities. Yeah. It's cheaper to live there. You know, it's like the, it's like Florida thing all over again. And Texas is it is likely to become a, the next like purple batter, battleground state. So mm-hmm. um, that might be the next place to, that we'll have to focus on uh, getting uh, turning blue and then maybe turning green in the future or something or whatever. I don't know what the DSA color would be. Um, have you ever been to Austin before? No, I, the furthest west I've been was Colorado, but that was over plane, and I was like a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to New York a couple times because I got family up there, West Virginia, uh, Alabama like once, Georgia a couple times, but m- most of my life's been in Florida. Yeah, Austin is well. It's not like it's not as big as Dallas or Houston, of course, but it's it is the capital of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, it's funny because I've been to the capitals state uh the texas state capitol building and i've never been to the florida state capitol building or the michigan state capitol building so <laughs> the places that i've lived in i've never <coughs> checked out that shows that shows how much i've been uh you know interested in well tallahassee is not exactly the best location if we were to change it it probably should be in the center of the state um yeah 
that's what the Romans did. Uh, they tried to keep their local provincial capitals somewhat centralized, and if they couldn't, they'd be on the coast because that's where the majority of the population would be. Right. Um, there's uh, in history that's kind of like what you want to do. That's why a lot of courthouses, um, uh, they'll put it could be in the middle of nowhere, like in um, Flagler County. The courthouse mm-hmm. for Flagler County is in Bunnell, if I remember correctly. And that's because it's like mostly in the center of uh, Flagler, give or take, you know, off mm. off a little west. But um, and the land's kind of cheap out there too. But it's fairly centralized because you want people from all around the county to have somewhat equal access to it. And that's kind of like the best idea for it. Right. So. Yeah. It's a, well, I was just going to say, Austin's a really cool <clears throat> city. I like, if I had to pick a place in Texas to live, it would probably be there. Um, but anyways, I don't want to get too off uh, track again. What, uh, do you have anything else? Hopefully this will be the last thing before we close out here. And this is... And then we, we got to give our shout outs. Yeah. And uh, our special guest. <laughs> We've got, um... okay, so... Uh, Greg can't see this currently, but I've got Ballotpedia up right now. Um, I just want to kind of show this real quick since election season is upon us right now. Um, If you haven't gotten it um, or whatever, um, mail-in ballots have started coming in. Uh, Hey, there it is. Mail-in ballots started coming in. This is what the uh, doohickey will look like. There it is. There you go. There's two iterations of this kind of ballot. Um, the real one will have like the signature and, and stuff, the dates and all that stuff that you have to fill out. There's a sample ballot. It won't have all of that information, and it's going to say sample all over it. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. If you do get a sample ballot, don't mistake that for your mail-in ballot. Also, another thing in Florida, they provide what's called a secrecy sleeve. So if you don't get a secrecy sleeve, that's probably an indicator that you got a sample ballot. Um, so just to kind of give you an idea, it gives you instructions so you, and stuff. You- you plan on doing mail-in voting? So, no, I actually don't. And this is some <laughs> of the stuff I'm going to get into real quick. Um, I got the mail-in ballot, but I plan on turning it into an early voting location because my county allows people who have a mail-in ballot to turn it in into an early voting location. Or mm. you can turn it into the elector's office, either one. Um, so you don't have to mail it in, but you can mail it in. So... For all those right. who have a mail-in ballot, but you're really like skeptical of how it's going to go out this year, you can skip the line. You ha- you just fill everything out like you normally would on a ballot. You put it in your secrecy sleeve. You put it in this thing and sign it legibly because um, – uh, and John Oliver actually did a really good thing on this. Uh, one of the biggest reasons why mail-in ballots get denied is because the signature is actually trash. Or something like, or it's like not legible, or there's some sort of like discrepancy on the ballot or something. So Are most people's signatures unlegible though. Um, they try. Uh, from what no, I, know, I understand, I know <laughs> they're supposed to go based off of like uh, your previous signatures on stuff. So like whether it's your driver's license or if it's your like actual when you signed your voting stuff, um, they'll try to go yeah. off of that. And there's you, a whole if, deal with that. What if you have like a hand surgery or something? Exactly, <clears throat> that's that's a big issue. Um, that's a big that's a big big red flag for me. That's a it's a big issue, um, and it, again, it's one of the reasons why a lot of ballots get declined is because the signature doesn't match. Well, they're very strict. 
Uh, they're strict because people tend to, who tend to be conservative or Republican uh, get their panties in a wad about voter ID laws and making sure that you're an actual citizen, and they're concerned about voter fraud, even though statistically it's like less than point oh 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 I don't know, like a, a nearly infinite amount of zeros repeating one chance of voter fraud happening. I think there's I think there's like double digit instances of voter fraud cases since like the 21st century started in the United States. So voter fraud, it's unlikely to happen, but they tend to have these big, they make big deals about the signature and all that kind of stuff and making sure everything's correct and legible and all that because of voter fraud reasons. So, you know, mm. that's the thing. Yeah, I get it, I guess. I, but I feel like in today's world, there's a, there's a, some kind of technology we can come up with that could get rid of that we could just well the the thing is we could just not have to we don't care about it as much because again voter fraud is statistically so unlikely to happen that Mm -hmm. it a could not swing an election like it just can't happen because the amount of voter fraud that happens on an annual basis is so insignificant we're talking about single digits amounts of votes and then uh b i I forgot my second reason (laughs) i totally forgot whatever the second reason was that's okay. Um, anyway, uh, I have Ballotpedia showing. Uh, it's a website, Ballotpedia.org. Um, it's a really good place to find out like your state's information, who's running, uh, sometimes local stuff, but that can be iffy too because local people are always difficult to get information on. Um, it'll they have, tell they have, you... They have all the different... Um, like a, uh, What's the word for the like the proposals and... Like all the amendments and and stuff yeah. that you're voting on, yeah, all that. I noticed yeah. that at least for Orange County, they've got stuff up like that. What's they'll have um, the- they'll have what's on the ballot. They'll have a summary of right. campaign contributions, so you can see how much money has gone into like different amendments and all that kind of stuff. And it breaks it down from support contributions and opposing contributions, um, as well as the outcome related to those contributions. So once the election comes up and they count the votes. They'll give you the outcome so you can see how money actually affects politics to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, there's petitions. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of information. It's great uh, if you want to learn learn more about what's on your specific ballot. And again, when I was talking earlier, the mail-in ballot to go into an early voting site location or the elector's office, check your local county and check your state if you're out of state to make sure you can do that. Don't just take my word for it because this literally could vary from county to county. So right. double check it. I know in Putnam County you can, but I'm not going to check all like, I don't know, like 50, 80 counties or whatever. So I don't think I've received anything in the mail yet, but I was planning on voting in person anyways. Um, which is probably, you know, if you're, if you're not going to do it this way, that's probably the better idea considering USPS is kind of getting kind of right now. I agree. Um, And then the other thing was I wanted to talk about the amendments kind of real quick. Uh, This is uh, from Tallahassee.com. This is the Tallahassee Democrat or whatever. Um, And this this talks about like the pros and cons of each amendment, um, which I think is actually pretty cool. It kind of gives you an idea of like what the right thinks and what the left thinks on each issue. Um, Some of them are just super yikes to me and others are kind of they were ambiguous enough that I really had to kind of like get a better idea for them so i'll just start like one to five 
Um, the first constitutional amendment is citizenship requirement to vote in Florida. This is effectively just changing like a couple words in the uh, the amend the um, I guess it's the Constitution for Florida uh, to every to only citizens from every citizen. So uh, it says every citizen can register to vote as provided by law. That's what it currently says, and they want to change it to only citizens can vote. Which is kind of, it sounds like it's just a semantic thing, but to me, this kind of sounds like a conservative talking point that I've heard before. This kind of sounds like the slippery slope into voter ID laws, uh, requiring you know very specific documentation showing that you're a U.S. citizen in order to vote. Um, it's it's redundant. It's stupid. We kind of already went over it. There's no need for it. Statistically, voter fraud's not an issue. Um, you don't, you shouldn't have to have an ID. It's been decided by the Supreme Court that is unconstitutional to have to provide an ID or any other type of, uh, voter requirement, um, is unnecessary and unlawful. So I find that to be just like a stupid amendment. Uh, look it up more if you're interested. Is, yeah, is this up? for the whole state of Florida? This is for the state of Florida. Yep. Oh, this okay. is for the state of Florida. Um, that was the first one I was like, oh, yikes, buddy. Because <laughs> um, I know people don't like the whole slippery slope argument where like, oh, my God, it could just become the worst outcome possible. Well, this case, it's like been proven that this can become the worst outcome possible. The Supreme mm-hmm. Court had to rule on it. I believe it was in North or South Carolina where they had a voter ID law and they found it unconstitutional. There were some uh, places in Texas that ended up getting the same ruling because uh, they were disproportionately putting voting locations in uh, white middle-class neighborhoods or closer to those areas and then the like black and the poorer communities they didn't get as many voting the voting locations so what ended up happening is that there was a disproportionate representation of voters from white communities and middle-class communities and poorer and black communities uh ended up not voting as much um so this is it's uh what this can lead to has already been decided to be illegal and unconstitutional so there's right. that. That's all I got for that. Um, the next one, constant, the Amendment 2, uh, is raising Florida's minimum wage to $15 an hour, starting at $10 per hour starting uh, September 30th, and then increasing it by $1 until uh, September 30th of 2026. Um, that's September 30th, 2021 it starts, and then 2026 it ends. Um, obviously, that's a yes. It's been statistically shown that places that increase their minimum wage uh, generally have a higher, uh, what is it? It's a higher standard of living, um, without like all the downsides that people keep toting like, Oh, everything's going to get expensive, uh, because now they got to change and shift costs onto the consumer and you know, it's, everything's going to, we're all going to die kind of, I don't know. It's, it doesn't happen. Um, that, that, was, that was a good interpretation. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally honest. Usually I try to do better than that, but I'm trying to save a little bit of time here. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> that's kind of like the idea. Uh, what usually ends up happening in reality is that prices will go up like 20 cents or something. Um, but at that point, you have like a $5 to like, uh, in our case, I think it's almost $9 increase in uh, minimum wage, which takes a lot of people out of poverty. Um, and it brings them above the poverty level. I think $15 an hour, if you're working 40 hours a week, is about 30 something thousand a year, not including any expenses and such. 
Um, I, I, I still don't think that's enough money. But so I don't think so either. I think it should be more, but um, I'll whatever. I'll take whatever I can get. So yeah, I think minimum wage 40, 40 hours a week right now um, gets you like twenty one thousand in Florida or something like that. I'd have to look it up again, um, like, but I'm yeah. kind of short on time. That's fine. Um, that is a good thing. You're right. Constitutional Amendment number four, voter approval of constitutional amendments. How much do you know about Brexit? Uh, I, I promise it's related. You know, if I'm honest, I don't know a ton about it, but I just know that as far as liberal versus conservative, it's a more conservative thing to be for Brexit. Yes. So this basically is like a forced referendum vote every time a constitutional amendment gets added to Florida. So the voters... Is this have, the thing where you, you were talking about that, yeah, people had to vote more than once? You had to vote like stuff. twice or something like that um, for every mm-hmm. single amendment. So like, let's pretend this is already enacted, okay? Let's pretend mm-hmm. we're not voting on this. It's already a thing in our state. We have to vote on this twice, okay? Now, I don't think they specify whether it's every four years or two years. Um mm-hmm. But usually when voters vote on things like this, it's it's one of those two options. It's usually every four or two years um, for obvious reasons. Midterm elections and then the uh, the general, which usually the presidential election is part of. Um, yeah. So the $15 minimum wage we're talking about would have to get voted on twice. The uh, – what was it? The uh, um, – what did I literally just talk about a second ago? The third constitutional uh, amendment where all voters uh, in primary elections and all that, um, that was the – oh, we haven't talked about that one yet. Um, what else was it? <laughs> Sorry, there's just like so many. I uh, When I first voted my first time, there was only two – it was front and back. This one is front and back two pages. There's a lot of shit on, on this ballot. Right. Um, sorry, $15 minimum wage, uh, the citizenship requirement. Right. Um, and there's some other stuff, too. So we'd have to vote on all that twice is the point. Two times. Right. Like, none of this. So in two or four years, populations can uh, change drastically. You know, just this year alone, obviously we had COVID. 210,000 people died. Pro- disproportionately, those were older people. Okay. So, right. can like... We can see that there's a massive difference in population that can occur uh, in a very short period of time just from, like, certain circumstantial things like that where it was just a happenstance, you know, bad thing happened, bad timing, bad everything, and it kind of got out of hand. Um, This can happen on, like, local levels, you know. Uh, We have Flint, Michigan with the lead stuff that can literally change population um, in a short period of time. Um, when you're voting on something, in my personal opinion, you're voting on it right then and there, and the whole population is voting on it right then and there. They're not really supposed to expect that they're supposed to see it a second time. And I brought so it's Brexit. Just, it's just super redundant. It's super redundant, and it's unnecessary yeah. and it costs money because we right. have to get poll workers. We have to like get facilities up and running. It's just a waste of money and a drag on the yeah. economy to do this twice, you know? Um, so. Um, I was just going to say, so for all of these things you're mentioning, it's ballot, ballotopedia. Um, ballotopedia, and I have the uh, I have a news article as well that helps go through them. Um, all right. So I'll provide both of them in the. Uh, I'll provide the both in the uh, comment section, or not comment, but the uh, description. <laughs> I, 
I'm not trying to be that guy, but I want to get to uh, what happened. Um, I want to get to uh, Nathan. Yes. Our friend Nathan. And I want to get to what happened over the weekend so I can do a shout out for them. Uh, is there like a TLDR? Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to make this quick. The others shouldn't be too bad. Um, okay. There's the primary one. You can sit on either side of this. It's basically calling for open primaries uh, in a way. Um, so it's just more. And that's so, the thing where because right now you have to be registered but a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. So if you're a registered Democrat in the primary, you can only vote right. Democrats. Uh, if you're a Republican, you can only vote Republican. If you're third party, you can only vote third party. So we're a closed primary state. I think we're one in seven out of the 50. So seven out of Jeez. 50. Of the st- yeah. Most states are open. It's like most states are open, Carrie. Most states are open primaries. Um, Florida's got to get it together, baby. I, I know. That's why I'm like Florida's like a combination of California and Texas. They just have really. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So, you know, I don't really care if, if you care about that one, that's fine. I'm currently a registered Democrat, uh, in my County, my vote as a Democrat is worth more than it is for a vote for DSA or any other third party, green party, whatever you want to call it. Cause we don't have anybody running, you know? Uh, so it'd just be better to vote Democrat and try to get the already right leaning just a little bit left because uh-huh. there's no option to go further than that. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Constitution Amendment 5. Limitations on homestead property tax assessments increased portability period to transfer accrued benefits. Or, uh, yeah, accrued benef- benefits. Um, and that's, that's just basically kind of like a, a tax savings for people who own houses. So people who rent don't get to see this benefit. And more often than not, if you're renting, um, you're paying for the taxes, whether you, you like it or not, because... Right. You know, if whoever you're renting from has got to make money off of you currently, um, as that, the way as it me. stands, yeah. So you, but you don't get any of the tax benefits for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this only benefits people who own houses. So basically, if you if you're already doing well enough that you can purchase a house, you're getting you're just <laughs> you're just getting stroked by the state um, for yeah. that one. <laughs> I don't. I mean, because, like, it doesn't help. This is a family show, Gabriel. (laughs) All the F-bombs we dropped. (laughs) I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, they're just getting struck by the state, uh, effectively. It it also, uh, less tax dollars one way means that there's going to be a budget crisis somewhere, and they're going to either have to make cuts or they're going to have to increase taxes. And depending on what part of the state you're in, uh, it's probably going to be cut. Something's going to get cut. So Yeah. Uh, and then, in, and then there's the uh, ad valorem tax discount for spouses of certain deceased veterans who had permanent combat-related disabilities. I think something like this goes on the ballot each year. It's usually something in regards to, like, giving some sort of tax savings to, you know, uh, families of veterans, of wounded veterans, and all that. Um, which I don't think anybody disagrees with, but you can also argue if you wanted to that any loss in taxes would mean that it would have to come from somewhere else. So if your county has like a disproportionately large population of wounded veterans, um, this might negatively affect you um, if you have a lot of social services that are required in that county. So um, there's good. Imp- I don't think anyone's going to vote against that one just because the United States. Uh, 
we like to at least think we want to treat our veterans well, even though <laughs> even I, I it sucks. Our veteran system has always sucked uh, historically. So, yeah. you know, take that as you will. Um, I, I won't judge you if you vote either way because I can see the downside, but I can see the upside too. So, you know, I think there should be better ways to uh, help affected families. You know, I don't think they're really wanting a tax discount. I think they, you know, want help in other ways, other means, you know, by like actually treating the people who are harmed by the the foreign policy that we enact. You know, right. maybe that would be a better step, but can't help it. That's what's on the ballot currently. So uh, fill it out, put it in the privacy sleeve, put it in here, sign it, make sure you don't do anything stupid here. This is so important. Um, and I don't mean that in a degrading way. I'm super serious about it because, again, lots of ballots get thrown out just because of that reason alone. So mm. that's it. You, Woo! You heard it. You heard it here. You heard it here, folks. <clears throat> Voting is serious. Voting is serious. Big, uh, big, important. Super big. Super big. <laughs> super, super big. Sorry, guys. That was a lot to go through. I was trying to go through it quick. Um, that's okay. I just wanted to touch up on it, though, because it's literally local yeah no you're right if, if you're listening in florida then that's this is how our life is going to be uh handled for our lives rather yeah uh, moving forward so thank you for going over that <sighs> water <laughs> yeah take it take a sip of your cider or whatever um <laughs> uh, okay so next uh i just wanted to go into really quickly uh what happened over the weekend uh so me and gabriel and a small handful of other people are part of a de facto uh group of you know chapter if you will uh we are trying to uh, achieve uh official status of of a chapter of the socialist rifle association the sra we've talked about them in pretty much every episode although this podcast is not associated directly with the sra it just so happens that we're members tm (laughs) (laughs) that should be our trademark ding Ding. yeah asterisk yes we of course are not officially um sanctioned by the sra in any shape uh way shape or form but we are very much active members of our local chapter, which for me is Orlando. Gabriel, you have been... I'm in the middle. I'm stuck in the middle. Sort of adopted by us, but you live a little bit far away, but that's okay. Uh, And then there's Tampa. Um, Orlando also covers the Space Coast, in case you're wondering. Uh, And then I do believe South Florida kind of has its own thing, and Jacksonville is trying trying to to do their own thing. Oh, and Tallahassee. You can't forget about the Panhandle. They have their own chapter. I think they're the only official chapter, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, I think South Florida Florida is this too. Oh, yeah, because they got the popular. They got popular. Yeah. There's a membership number requirement before you. You can't just be like, I'm one person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so anyways, over the weekend, so we had a very large turnout um, for a range day that we uh, kind of announced haphazardly and then. Somehow, some way, like we had almost 20 people show up, uh, partly from Tampa, but also a lot from the Space Coast and the Orlando, Florida area. And that just made me really excited. I, um, I've been trying to get something together like this for a long time. 
and I know there's been a lot of interest uh, from a lot of other people in this area too. Uh, but me personally, I've had the struggle just finding a community like this uh, that is that shares my ideologies and you know finding my tribe, so to speak. And so uh, we had a big gathering at my house here um, in Orlando, and it was just a really great meeting. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, if you again are listening in Florida um, and this. Sounds like a group of people that you'd want to be a part of. Uh, we've got leadership that is getting set up. Um, of course, you know, email the show, uh, and we can point you point anybody in the right direction for um, trying to join. Uh, you know, that way. And so um, that was just really fun. And I just wanted to shout out to everybody that was a part of that. It was really really cool to meet everyone and uh, put some uh, names to the faces and that kind of thing. So. That was really cool. And then we wanted to, do you want to talk about uh, what I said earlier about our friend Nathan? Yeah. So um, we had someone reach out um, and one of their friends um, runs a a nonprofit organization out in Orlando uh, to help uh, house, uh, rehouse or what have you, uh, like women and children. And especially with COVID, you know, kicking people out and stuff um, of their houses which is unfortunate. They've had yeah. uh, some. We, they've had a lot of switching around and all that stuff, and uh, they've com- relied completely on donations. Um, and every now and then we get a little link in chat, so I figured um, we should uh, broadcast it here. Um, <clears throat> Any time that they need money, it's always like uh, they, they need to find out like last minute because again, they're a nonprofit. They don't have consistent income. Uh, they're not really selling a service. Uh, they're just trying to provide housing, food, and all this stuff, all these social benefits uh, to people who can't currently. Um, so let me get their... Uh, so this is their Instagram uh, real quick. Poro underscore Orlando. Um, here's a little icon here. It'll look like that. Uh, and they just have uh, a bunch of stuff. They'll announce here, it looks like, when they um, when they need money, how much money they need. It's usually not too much. Um, you know, if like 100 people were to give $5, that's usually like more than enough what they need most cases or really close to what they need in some other cases um and then they also have information on how to volunteer uh, on their instagram as well as donate uh and kind of like how they started and i'm not going to read it here um because you know you guys should go out onto the instagram and read it for yourselves Uh, but it is very heartwarming and touching uh to listen to Uh, they also have a link uh here to donate and they have a few different uh, ways to donate uh, to them. Um, so go ahead and do that. And then we're also going to play like a little clip of the call we got for it, and they kind of go into uh, explaining a little bit as well. So I'll play that. Hey there, Gabe and Greg. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So thank you for allowing me to speak on the Sunshine Reformer podcast. I just wanted to do a uh, social media crowdfunding campaign shout out for this wonderful woman I'm working with. Her name is Miss Marvelous. She's the uh, founder of Poro Orlando, and that's uh, P-O-R-O, which stands for Pouring Out Refreshing Outreach. She does a lot of uh, homeless support, and um, she helps feed you know poor families and homeless people throughout West Orlando. Uh, she's a terrific lady, and she's been doing this work for the past four years. And she's been able to expand her work by partnering with Orlando DSA. 
the reason I want to do this shout-out is because she and her husband, Attack, are having issues getting money from Attack's boss. In order for Marvelous to continue the amazing work she's doing, I, I really want to get as many people as possible aware of this crowdfunding campaign so that way they can get rent paid hopefully in the next week or two, including any late fees because capitalism and landlords suck. And yeah, uh, she, she's a wonderful lady. She would give the clothes off her back to someone who needed it more than her. Uh, she feeds so many people every week with the food donation boxes she gets in from like One Heart for Women and Children. Uh, they operate in Orlando. If you got the time, if you got the money, spread the word, make some small donations. And if we get a hundred people to give five bucks, we're we're done. We're set. And I don't know too many rich people that I can guilt into helping out with a one quick donation. But yeah, thank you for hearing me out. Gabe, Greg, keep up the great work with the podcast. Uh, I'm definitely listening to every single one as they come out. Adios, comrades. Uh, I also wanted to say that um, I didn't really say this before uh, in our little chatter before the, the um, we started recording, but I'm going to go ahead and pledge uh, $20 today, uh, which is you know, what I can afford right now, but, um, I'm really going to hope that, uh, with my donation and, you know, just kind of starting the ball rolling, rolling, so to speak, um, that, you know, anybody who listens to the channel can at least, uh, maybe try to throw a fiber at them, you know, something like that. Uh, every little bit helps. Uh, that's the whole, that's how crowdfunding works is just a little bit from everybody, um, adds up really quickly and does a lot of really good, um, has, a, has a lot of good benefit that way. So, um, yeah, thanks, Nathan, for uh, saying your little, uh, you know, t- talking about what uh, is involved with, with uh, the organization and uh, trying to help out some people that just that's all they do is, is do good in our community. So happy to help out with that. Um, sorry, I just had a, another. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I got a couple other shout outs that we what can make, next? of course. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So, of course, I think we talked about it in our second or third episode as well, but the uh, National African American Gun Association. Uh, mm-hmm. If you feel like that organization helps you or could help you or you find better community there, uh, definitely do that. Uh, something that's typically targeted um, for the African American community is uh, conservatives taking away gun rights from uh, very, very specifically targeting those communities. Uh, Democrats don't typically have that record. Um, So it's fairly important to uh, defending um, Second Amendment rights of minority communities in the United States uh, because they're already disenfranchised. There's no reason to make it worse. So if you feel like uh, this speaks out more to you than the SRA would, definitely join them. Uh, and another one, uh, another association or, or uh, whatever you want to call it, is the Firearms Policy uh, Coalition, uh, d- nonpartisan, uh, going about defending Second Amendment rights. So if you feel like this is something that calls to you, they're not as, you know, orgy, organization-y, or whatever you want to call it, as the uh, uh, SRA maybe would be, but um, they definitely do good as well. So, and they're specifically geared to, it's like a better NRA minus the membership, I guess, would be a good way to kind of, like what the NRA was supposed to be, defending Second right. Amendment, and they just weren't. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the, the ones that, 
they take your money and actually do good stuff with it. Yeah, yeah they actually uh, do something with five it. Five star va- vacations and shit, and <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. um, those are the shout outs. I don't have anything else. What about you, Greg? Yeah, no. Um, like I said before at the beginning of the podcast, like we've been getting a lot of really good feedback, and uh, you know, if this continues the way it has been, I'm just super happy to be here and that we're able to do this and you know educate people on stuff. And so, uh, thanks for all the feedback so far, and we're just going to keep it going. Yep, um, we're on Spotify, Google Play, or Google Podcasts. Uh, Apple iTunes podcast and uh, you know a whole bunch of others we're on YouTube as well you know if you've got a comment or whatever comment on YouTube like us share us around give us that five star review you know did you put out the email address um, it should be I think it's supposed to be on all of the um, all of the things so far because it was a requirement okay. to get it all posted out so it, the email gotcha. address should be out yeah. there if you have any questions you can email us yeah too. if anybody has anything if you want to be a guest on the show, whatever, that email address is the best way to get a hold of us. So, so. that's all I got. I'm Gabriel. Yep, I'm Greg. And Thanks for watching, guys. Sunshine and listening. Reformer Podcasts. Have a good night. Yep. Bye.